Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth.
I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. www.thesecretteachings.info is the website. Thefringe.fm is the network website. On our website, you can find access to our entire show archive when you subscribe. You'll also get access to all of my books on the website and our show montage archive as well. But if you're not a subscriber, you can simply access a miniature show archive to get an idea of what some of the shows are we have here on The Secret Teachings. Five nights a week, Monday through Friday. You'll also see a series of other free archives with some of our best shows that are kind of compiled into genres, like our Cosmic Scams show. One of the things that bothers me about the subject of extraterrestrials, UFOs, aliens, and things like this is really the same thing that bothers me about the subject matter, about political uh, debates, about health, about really anything. And, And that's the inability to have coherent, reasonable, compromising, respectable discourse about these or any subject that you can imagine, any subject that you can think of. And furthermore, the inability of far too many people, unfortunately, to view the world through a polarizing spectrum of, sure, in politics, it's if you're not with us, you're with the enemy, you must be a this or you must be a that. But in ufology, it's not much different. In ufology, it's people that believe in aliens, and maybe they believe in alien DNA and demon sperm, and people that think anything that might suggest someone who believes in UFOs and aliens possibly might be correct in what they're saying, they just make fun of them and laugh at them. And it's okay, I think, to have a laugh on occasion. It's okay to have a, have a chuckle. But when a, dis- a discourse or when a discussion or when an argument, a debate, a discussion, boils down to insults and making fun of the other person, it's not a debate. It's, it's immature, infantile commentary. And sometimes... That commentary for both sides may include information that is also, you know, kind of accurate and factual in, in the sense that one side laughs at one side, that side laughs at the other side, and they're making fun of claims or beliefs. Like, you believe in UFOs? What are you, crazy? Well, the person that says that, what they're insinuating is, that there's some level of, of understanding or some compilation of evidence that has proven without a shadow of a doubt that UFOs are purely myth, they're purely made up, it's purely fiction. But it's, it's none of those things, and unless you isolate each individual case of an, a UFO report and you factor out of the equation all of the military incursions just in the last 20 years going back to the Cold War, going back to the Second World War, and arguably even before that, in centuries past, as depicted in paintings and things like this throughout history, 
get rid of all that, you still have to look at cases on an individual basis. And for someone to suggest you don't believe in UFOs, so you also must be crazy, it's the same, it's the what you call the human condition, I suppose. It's the inability to reason is, as far as I'm concerned, what it really boils down to when we're out of water in the pot. It boils down to that. It boils down to we're not reasonable with each other. And it's unfortunate because the first thing that I ever had passionate interest in. I'm a very passionate person. You heard how passionate I was last night. I was honestly worried last week on the show on Wednesday, the to mask or not to mask episode we did got a huge, huge response. Like hundreds of people messaged me about that show. And I thought after the show, wow, that was, (laughs) I was pretty fired up and pretty upset, but very passionate more so than anything. And I thought people would be turned off by that. Everybody was actually turned on by it, it seemed like. So I was kind of surprised by some of your reactions. And then last night I was, again, organically kind of fired up and got a good response. So I don't want to be fired up like that every night, but I have a passion, you can tell. And I had a passion when I was a kid. I I wanted to know everything, anything about aliens and UFOs and Area 51 and Roswell, man, all that stuff. I'd read science fiction books, you know, as a, I guess a typical kid. I, I really wasn't big into science fiction, but I, I liked anything dealing with aliens. And I liked things that were, they, they, they were more kind of realistic, you know, right? Like I like the alien franchise, but I didn't really like playing Halo that much because those aliens, like cartoon aliens, I want something that's kind of real, right? I, like with Sigourney Weaver, I want something that's kind of real. So I was, I was just absolutely enamored with that subject matter as a kid. And, uh, you know, you watch Independence Day or you watch, uh, I didn't watch Alien until I was older. It's pretty, still pretty disturbing to this day, really. And you kind of are pulled gravitationally towards a group of people that feel the same way that you do. And so when I was younger and as I was growing up in my teenage years, I started watching things out of high school into, you know, 19 years old, about 10 years ago, I started watching like uh, ancient aliens and I started watching, you know, television shows. I'd seek them out about aliens or UFOs or whatever. And I heard about this guy named Jim Mars and he wrote a book called Alien Agenda and I heard about Bob Lazar and about all the the people that worked at Area 51 or you know military personnel that saw UFOs and I look back on that almost with nostalgia and I look back on you know after the death of Jim Mars several years ago he died of health problems he didn't die from the cabal killing him and that really you know that that wasn't on my mind to start tonight's show, but I think Jim Mars's passing was is a really great example of where I'm going with this first segment because I knew Jim Mars personally. Jim Mars came on this show often. I talked to Jim Mars while he was in the hospital. I actually talked to him when he was essentially on his deathbed. It was a couple of days before he died, and I was I I was hoping that he would get better, wishing him you know uh, that he would get better, and 
I, I was trying to, you know, the reason I called him, I didn't know he was in the hospital. I was trying to set up a, another interview with him because I knew he was very sick and I was afraid that he might, uh, he might pass away. So I talked to Jim Mars and he was just having problems. And, you know, I was asked not to really share that information. So even after his death, I'm still not going to share it, but he had personal health problems. He was, he was older. He's an older guy. And a lot of people knew that I knew Jim Mars. And so I would be asked, sincerely, I'd be asked by people, did Jim Mars really die or is he still alive? And they just faked his death. I would be asked by people, you know, you knew Jim Mars really well, didn't you? And I'd say, well, I wouldn't say, I don't know if I really well, but I knew him, had him on the show, hung out with him a few times, wasn't like close friends with him like some people were, but yeah, I knew Jim Mars. They're like, okay, well, well, you, you know that like they killed him, right? And I said, what do you mean they killed him? I had people asking me this at conferences. You know, they killed Jim Mars, right? Can you confirm that you knew him? And I just say like that. <laughs> what do you mean they kill? Who, who's they? Who killed? What are you talking about? Somebody killed Jim Mars. What are you, what are you talking about? And I think that was probably the last straw for me. When I, I talked to the guy essentially on his deathbed and I had people in the UFO community coming to me and asking me, most of them out of sincerity, others kind of like a warning, you know, did you know that the cabal killed Jim Mars? I don't know who started that rumor, but I imagine it was a certain individual with giant teeth and a giant forehead. And if it was that individual, I'd like to punch that individual square in his chiclets. The teeth, I mean. You know? I'm not a violent person, but who spreads a rumor like that? I don't know who spread it. I don't know if it was Wilcock, but it just kind of sounds like something Wilcock would say, so I'm assuming, but I don't know for sure. All I know is on the internet it spread, Jim Mars was killed by the cabal for researching aliens. It's like, dude, he wrote Alien Agenda like two decades ago. What are you talking about? He was killed because of, you know, so that really was the last straw for me, and it wasn't a conscious last straw. It was a subconscious last straw because I saw firsthand this man was dying because of old age. And then they say he died because the cabal killed him because he was researching UFOs. At that point, I think subconsciously, I just completely disconnected from the relationship I had with the UFO community. And on recent shows in the last year, I've, I've openly stated, and I'll state it again tonight. UFO community, I no longer am in love with you. I think we should see other people, and I'd like a divorce. I'd like to finalize the divorce. I'd like you to sign the papers. I'm going to sign the papers, too. I'm done with it. I'm done with communities. I'm done with these organizations and these groups. They don't have to be bad or evil or deceiving or not I just don't want to be associated with one of these groups I am an independent radio host I don't even consider myself a personality because this is who I am and I would talk like this someone asked me you know I remember um a guy named Clint Clint asked me at contact in the desert a couple years ago he said you knew Jim Mars pretty well did did was, did they kill him and I said what do you mean, did they kill him, Clint? Well, a lot of people are saying that they killed him. And Clint, 
Culberson's his last name. Clint was he was genuine about it. He didn't really upset me. He just said like a lot of people are saying that. And I was like, well, a lot of people are saying things that are wrong. I talked to him before he died, right? So I could go on about this story, but the point is something so unrelated is turned into this enormous hysterical conspiracy that the cabal conspired to kill one of the greatest researchers and authors on the subjects of aliens and global government and secret societies and political assassinations. They just conspired to kill the man. Now, he just died of old age. And that is the problem that if you enjoy the subject of extraterrestrials as a hobby, as an interest, as a study, if you allow yourself to be associated with that, then it's just decimating to your credibility. And I can't be a part of that at all. That's why people look at me and they say, you don't, you, you don't believe that, that aliens exist? I say, what do you mean? And they say, well, I mean, there's all this evidence. And I, well, yeah, I know I've talked. You know who I am, right? You know, I'm Ryan Gable of the secret teachings. You know, the guy who said the cabal didn't kill Jim Mars, the guy who doesn't believe every time he sees an object in the sky that it's from Zeta Reticuli. I'm that guy who pisses the UFO community off because I don't tow the company line. I'm that guy. You know I know about aliens and UFOs, right? You know I've written like multiple books on it. You know I've studied this and I research it and I've gone on talk shows about it. You know that, that that's what I do, right? Well, that's why I'm asking you. You don't believe in aliens, but you're interested in all this stuff. And it's like, who said I don't believe in aliens? Who said I, why, why is it a matter of belief? It's just a matter of observation. I'm observing things. And when I see something that doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Get rid of it. You know? It's like ufology is like trying on clothes, all right? And every piece of clothing, every article of clothing is another UFO report. It's another abduction story. And sometimes it doesn't fit. Sometimes the socks are too low. They're too high. They're not comfortable. Sometimes the pants won't clothe. Sometimes the shirts are too tight or they're too big. So you just get rid of them, pass them on to somebody else. If somebody else wants to believe it, fine, they can put that shirt on. To me, it doesn't fit. So I'm not going to believe it, and I don't think it should be based on belief anyway. My opinion, my view, based on the information that I've acquired, is this, 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 and this. But it's open to alteration depending upon whether or not I see information to the contrary of what I've said prior. Because my conclusions aren't totally conclusive and airtight. They're, they're open to interpretation. I'm open to changing my views. I'm open to changing my perspectives on things. And then, you know, of course, others will laugh at you and say, well, pff, you believe in UFOs? You believe in aliens? And again, it's, it's the same word that's used. You believe, you don't believe. How could you believe? How could you not believe? This isn't about belief. This is about observation. This is about analysis. And if you want a UFO show where they're just going to feed you the same crap, there are lots of UFO shows you can go listen to where they talk about it five nights a week. And they're going to give you the same crap every night. They're going to tell you 
every single night. Did you hear about Betty and Barney Hill? Did you hear about Roswell? Oh my God. Last night I was up all night jacking off to ancient aliens. Giorgio Sukalakalis. This guy knows what he's talking about. He's got hair. He's not saying it's aliens, but man, I know he means it's aliens. And they're just obsessed with it. And that's cool. But there's a lot more to the story. And if you're really interested in getting to the quote-unquote truth, then I think we have to acknowledge that, hey, there's more to this. And in some cases, there's less to this. So every time you hear a UFO story, Every time you hear a story about aliens or something like this, the problem is, and the reason why it's discrediting and it's kind of embarrassing to just believe everything because it's like a hobby and people aren't real researchers who just believe everything. It's a belief. It's a faith. You look for anything to prove God's real, anything to prove Jesus is real, anything to prove Muhammad is real, anything to prove that aliens are real is that there are people who don't want you to ask those questions, and so they'll inject into the conversation falsified, fraudulent reports and photographs and videos, and then whip people into a frenzy hysteria about UFOs and Antarctica. And You know, the thing is, when I first started radio back in 2000 and, hell, was it 2009? I graduated high school in 2009. So it was towards the end of that year, like 2009. So I've almost been doing radio for 11 years. Professionally, I've been doing it for like six. But when I first started radio, I mean, I, I would talk about like, yeah, Antarctica and Operation High Jump. And I remember talking a lot about Atlantis and how first person I interviewed actually was Shirley Andrews, who wrote about Atlantis. We talk about Atlantis and how with continental drift and geological changes on planet Earth and climatic changes in weather. Whatever Atlantis was could have moved as a landmass thousands of miles. The crust could have been displaced and things broke apart, moved around, water moved in some areas and out of other areas. And So Atlantis essentially is where Antarctica is today. And I remember reading like mainline scientific reports about Atlantis and about how Atlantis was was likely if it did exist to have uh, to been been you know moved like 3000 miles south to where Antarctica is and a lot of the mainstream scientific articles you know websites like live science and others they would talk about how Antarctica used to be tropical and that below the ice and the snow and the freezing temperatures there's there's remnants of you know, like palm trees and things like that below, and perhaps civilization, people that, that had lived there, maybe before the continent was in the south. And so that's all like, that's even like mainstream science, not the part about Atlantis, but the part about this region of the world being tropical at one point, right? Just like a lot of our deserts, you know, the parts of Africa used to be tropical. Egypt used to be tropical. You read the work of Robert Schock and, and others, and they talk about the torrential rain and the flooding. And the desert wasn't always desert. It's likely that the Sphinx and some of the pyramid structures actually were built within jungles more so than deserts, right? 
So maybe that's where they got a lot of the trees from rather than having to just pull these big uh, stones from 600 miles away with, 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 with uh, ropes, right? Or maybe the giants and the aliens helped them. I just watched National Treasure again last night. The guys, One of the guys in the movie said, how did a bunch of guys with hand tools build all this? And Riley said, the aliens helped them. <laughs> that's, that's what a lot of people think. Maybe the aliens did help them. Although if you talk to um, Stephen Myers, he'll tell you that Pyramid was a water pump, right? Had him on the show. It's an interesting, interesting story. So, and actually, Stephen Myers is an interesting guy because he, he's, he always talks about the correlation theory to Orion, and that is one of the problems. It's like just because these portholes on the pyramid point to that star constellation, it must be because they were pointing to Orion, right, a thousand years ago based on the computer models. And that's it's an irritating thing because these, these beliefs and theories, and it just gains traction, it becomes a dogma, it becomes a faith. All of these things I want to talk about tonight on the show, and I want to get into the Pentagon's declassifying of UFO content, about how the Pentagon is potentially aware, I say potentially, I'll explain what that means, potentially aware of the possession that humans have of craft from other worlds, and we have some other stories pertaining to this, but before we get into this, we have to really understand the, the, the structure of ufology and the structure of the study of these subjects, which shouldn't be confined to a, an outside area of investigation like ufology. This should be confined to the scientific world. And in fact, NASA has once again captured enormous, monstrous cubes orbiting the sun. And these aren't pictures from before it's news. These are pictures from NASA projects. We're going to talk about that tonight right here on The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. There'll be more of this after break. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.
Sexton, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Check out my show, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, 11 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, U.S. time. loads of them all snaking off like roots and what we do on one path affects what happens on other paths time is a construct people think you can't go back and change things but you can that's what flashbacks are they're invitations to go back and make different choices when you make a decision you think it's you doing it but it's not it's the spirit out there that's connected to our world that decides what we do and we just have to go along for the ride mirrors let you move through time the government monitors people they pay people to pretend to be your relatives and they put drugs in your food and they film you there's messages in every game like pac-man do you know what pac stands for pac program and control he's program and control man the whole thing's a metaphor he thinks he's got free will but really he's trapped in a maze in a system all he can do is consume he's pursued by demons that are probably just in his own head and even if he does manage to escape by slipping out one side of the maze what happens he comes right back in the other side people think it's a happy game it's not a happy game it's a fucking nightmare world and the worst thing is it's real and we live in it it's all code if you listen closely you can hear the numbers there's a cosmic flowchart that dictates where you can and where you can't go. I've given you the knowledge. I've set you free. 
Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Hey guys, it's Giorgio Tsoukalos from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM, five nights a week, Monday through Friday. The subject of ufology, I don't think it should be confined to a group of ufologists. I think the study of ufology really is a scientific problem. It's a military problem as well, and it has been for generations, it has been for decades, perhaps for centuries. Maybe not so much in the military context, but for hundreds of years, people have witnessed strange things in the sky, and obviously a lot of those strange things can be easily identifiable. Also, of course, as easily misidentified. But in the 21st century, in July of, into August of 2020, NASA is still capturing large unidentified craft near the sun, and not just any kind of craft. They're capturing large cube objects around the sun. Now, although the mirror as a publication online is a tabloid, it's like the hot sheets from Men in Black, the images that they show in this article from the 26th of July, UFO sighting, alien cube ship 10 times bigger than Earth captured by NASA, These images, although it's tabloid, these images are from NASA. So the images are from NASA regardless of where the images were published. They were captured by NASA's Solar and Heliospheric Observatory SOHO satellite. And in fact, SOHO captured other images of these giant cubes near the sun. I actually put those images in my book, The Persistent Illusion, which is no longer published, but if you're a subscriber to The Secret Teachings, you can access the digital copy on the website at thesecretteachings.info. When I saw this article from the mirror, I'm not really concerned about reading the article because it is a lot of tabloid, but I wanted to see, okay, so NASA has this this uh, series of photographs from SOHO, Solar and Heliospheric Observatory. And they estimate that the size of this object, the Earth's radius is about 3,958 miles. This object near the sun is more than 39,580 miles long in radius. I mean, if you do the math here, it's like 10 times larger than the Earth. You could put 10 Earths inside of this object. That's a massive unidentified flying object or a massive UAP orbiting the sun. So NASA does what NASA always does. NASA says, 
We don't know what it is, but it's likely space dandruff, according to engineer James Oberg. He called it space dandruff. That's the NASA word and terminology for we don't understand what these other segments of DNA do, so it's junk. It's trash. It's biological debris. It's dandruff. NASA engineer James Oberg says that there are flakes of ice and paint that's been chipped just drifting through space. And that's what causes these these images. Well, if you look at the image, the thing is 39,580 miles radius. That's the radius of it. It's 39,580 miles long. That doesn't look like dandruff to me. That looks like something that's four times the size of the Earth. (laughs) All right? So they say it's dandruff, but then they also say that it could just be a hair because there's... How many of you have cubed hair? I've never seen cubed hair, but I imagine some people have cubed hair somewhere in the universe. So NASA says this is just hair on the screen or it's a pixel out. I read that one time. These objects are like four times the size of the Earth. This one that was just photographed recently by Soho. To give you an idea, it's a typical picture of the sun. And then it's an object that is, it's, in, it's enormous. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times larger than the Earth. And I've read before, if you look at these pictures and you can see it looks like there's just a square opening in the sun. They say that was a pixel in the camera that went out. And I think, really, that's a, that's a pixel? That's a really large pixel. I mean, if I, if I zoom in on my, my, uh, my computer, I can kind of see the pixels. You know, you've had pixels go out before. But I, I've never, I didn't think that the Soho satellite used pixels that were so large. <laughs> this is not a viable explanation. This is not a probable explanation. This is deflection because NASA either knows or NASA doesn't know. I'm going to go with the latter. I don't think NASA really fully understands or knows what it is. So they just say, well, it's space dandruff. It's a, it's a pixel is what it is. I've got some other images of these, uh, these cubes near the sun from Soho. And they were f- photographed uh, Soho nascom.nasa.gov I've actually got the link here if anybody's interested I can try to send you these other pictures from 2012 a very large cube square was seen floating next to the sun and you can look at it in different wavelengths different frequencies different radiation and you can see that it'll go from black to white and you can clearly see that that it's it's heat, so it's not a pixel out, and it surely is not space dandruff. There are other photographs. Some of them are really, really prominent. This is one from also from Soho from 2012, and you can see this object that is is immense. It's just immense, and you can see that it it's not in one spot on the sun. There's another one here from 2000. These are from 2011, published in 2012. This image here was taken June 20th, 2011. 
you can see the sun and you can see the object moves up the frame in the picture. So this object is moving. It's very close to the sun. And it's not a pixel and it's not space dandruff. But see, when they tell you that, you're like, oh, well, okay, it's space dandruff. I'm not really supposed to ask any more questions. Thank you, NASA, for telling me the truth. Thank you for telling me what I didn't know because I'm an ignorant peasant and I don't understand science. Science is real. You're right. That's a pixel. Even though it's moving around the sun, even though it's four times the size of the earth, even though it's been photographed over and over and over again in various forms, big rods, big circles, big squares, it just must be space debris because usually when we send space shuttles into space, they have paint that chips off the size of the planet. That typically is what happened. I don't know if you knew that. I read this book about Apollo 13. They said when Apollo 13, the mission failed, they ejected all of their debris, and that debris was the size of four planet Earths. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Ron Howard didn't put that in the movie. I'm I'm obviously just kind of just, it's not even really joking. It's, it's It's embarrassing. Who believes this stuff, right? So you look at these images, and they're incredible. Really incredible. In fact, I, I've got a few of these. If you go to facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, you can find them on my page, Ryan Gable, or on the secret teachings page. I also pop them in the Discord chat earlier this evening. So you can scroll up through the Discord chat for the fringe. It's in the main hall of the Discord chat. And you can see these images in there with the cube. And I, I labeled them 2011 and then this one in 2020. The same kind of object. It looks like a square hole opens up inside of the sun. And then when you look at it in different wavelengths, you'd have to find the other images. It also changes color. So it's not a pixel. It, 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 there's heat coming off of it. I mean, obviously it's near the sun, but what this thing is, I'm, I think it's something beyond what we, could, what we can possibly comprehend. I mean, some of these objects are, uh, are this object here, that NASA just took a photo of is is literally 10 times the size of planet Earth. That's that's massive. Some of these objects are four times, five times, six times. It just kind of depends. But, I mean, (laughs) that's pretty big. Ten times the size of the Earth? That's an enormous, enormous object. But we'd rather focus on Louis Elizondo and we'd rather focus on Bob Lazar and those things are okay, but see, the thing that bothers me is it's like, we have debates. Is Bob Lazar telling the truth? Is he not telling the truth? What What about Roswell after all these years? And what about uh, Tom DeLonge and Blink-182? What does Blink-182 have to say about the UFOs? And it's it's the same thing. You know what this is? To the Stars and Louis Elizondo are like Pizzagate and White Hats in the UFO community. Because, yeah, sure, there are unidentified flying objects, and yeah, sure, there are really, really strange images taken by NASA, and yeah, there are people that claim they've been abducted by something, government, alien, whatever, and yeah, there are weird cryptid creatures that people have witnessed for forever throughout history all over the world. Yeah, these things are real, but I don't know if I trust Louis Elizondo. I don't trust the CIA, and I don't trust the Pentagon or the DOD. I don't trust the aerospace industry. I surely don't trust NASA. So 
what's the problem here? What's happening here? What are we, uh, what are we looking at here? Because I don't trust those things, but it doesn't mean that I believe Louis Elizondo, right? Why, why do I have to believe this guy from the Pentagon? And it's just like Pizzagate. It's like, yeah, uh, there are international child trafficking networks and there are networks of powerful elite from Bill Clinton to Alan Dershowitz to Jimmy Saville to Prince Andrew to Harvey Weinstein to Allison Mack to Keith Raniere. And they organize in groups and they rape and abuse and torture Men, women, children from young ages to teenagers, young adults to middle age to old people, elderly people. And they traffic through the church and they have intelligence operations to blackmail powerful people. Like all that exists, but I'm not buying Pizzagate because Pizzagate is meant to distract me from Jeffrey Epstein. White hats are meant to distract me from taking responsibility for my own life. And that's how I look at the UFO subject. I look at the UFO subject from this lens. Louis Elizondo, I don't buy Louis Elizondo that much. And even if what Louis Elizondo says is true, it is beyond a microcosm of a microcosm of a microcosm. And to me, it's not an acceptable piece of admission for what people call, what they call disclosure. I mean, in a sense, it is disclosure, but I I think disclosure, it's already happened over and over and over again. And see, disclosure is very similar to the taking down of all these pedophile networks. Because you hear pedophile networks are being taken down. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. The White Hats are going to save us. Pizzagate's real. UFOs, aliens, it's no different. Disclosure's going to happen. Disclosure's going to happen. Disclosure's going to happen. And then what ends up happening is... Well, nothing really happens. You just get Louis Elizondo and you get some guy who played in a band. <laughs> and they've got connections to, to Bigelow and the Skinwalker Ranch and big businesses in Las Vegas. And it's just all really, really strange. And it's like, it's coming, it's coming, disclosure, it's coming, the takedown of the pedophile network, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. To me, all of this is just, it's hype, it's hyperbole. A lot of it's fraud, a lot of it's disinformation, misinformation. A lot of this is coming from the intelligence agencies to create more conflict, more confusion, more uncertainty, psychological warfare, propaganda. You term it whatever you want to term it. I mean, so much so that even when someone so well-known, so popular, so personally and so personable, personally known and so personable in what people call the UFO community, someone like Jim Mars passes away a couple of years ago. People call me and talk to me in public and ask me, Ryan, you knew Jim Mars. Did the cabal kill Jim Mars? And I I didn't even know how to answer that question. It's like, what do you mean did the cabal kill Jim Mars? The guy was elderly. He had health problems. And he passed away due to those complications. What do you mean the cabal killed him? (laughs) Where did you get this information from? You know, it's the same thing with every one of these UFO stories. I saw them before it's news. They photographed uh, the the Borg. What do you mean they photographed the Borg? 
well, look, they've got the Borg ships. It's on before it's news. It's like, well, I guess it is like a Borg ship. It's a big cube, but that that you're just using that as like an analogy. It's like it is like the Borg. Maybe that's where Star Trek writers got the idea for it because they've seen these objects before, and so they just took reality and made it into science fiction, which is not really science fiction. It's really science. You, you, you're just not going to get... You're not going to get the UFO show that you want here on The Secret Teachings. You're going to get the UFO show that you deserve here on The Secret Teachings. Louis Elizondo came out like two weeks ago. This guy from the Pentagon who ran the ATIP program, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. And he said that the Pentagon has a lot more highly classified videos of well, what they said were so-called unidentified aerial phenomena. Louis Elizondo is the ex-head of secretive uh, government program, ATIP. And this year, 2020, the Department of Defense published declassified videos, three videos, of unidentified aerial phenomena captured by Navy pilots in 2004 and 2015. Right? So... They published these videos. They said it was leaked at first. Then they said that we'll release them for for real now. So they released the information after they had been unauthorized as releases in 2017 and 2018 by the New York Times. And, of course, uh, Tom DeLong and To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences which is, you know, really thoroughly investigating UAPs. And now Louis Elizondo came out and said, look, we've, we've got a lot more of this classified UFO you know, documentation, this classified UFO information. We've got a lot of it, actually, at the Pentagon. It's like, okay. I'm sure you do. Recently, the we did a show on this, actually. The U.S. government has part of the U.S. government, a Senate committee has given the Pentagon a number of days to release information on what they have pertaining to unidentified flying objects. Pentagon officials won't discuss the program, of course, but they say that these programs Although not classified, they deal with classified information, so they really can't discuss it and talk about it. Now, when ATIP was first announced back in 2017, when the New York Times ran that big story, they said that they paid like $20 million or so to fund this program. It was like $22 million to fund this program. And they said that they stopped the funding in 2012, or roughly around 2012. No more funding. Well, it turns out they've actually just continued this program and they've renamed it something else, which is what myself and anybody with a couple of brain cells could have told you when this all first came out. They just they renamed the program something else. So they'll keep you hunting and searching for this official government dictate. We believe that UFOs do indeed exist, and we have proof here at the government, and 
we'll release a little bit here or there, a little bit there or here, and uh, you can decide for yourself. And this is the disclosure that you want. It's not really the disclosure that you deserve, but we'll, we'll give you a little bit so you can shut up, right? Well, the New York Times is reporting now all of what anybody with a couple of brain cells would have told you a couple of years ago in 2017. Despite Pentagon statements that it disbanded a once covert program to investigate the unidentified flying objects, the effort remains underway. July 23rd, 2020, New York Times, the effort remains underway, renamed and tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence, where officials continue to study mystifying encounters between military pilots and unidentified aerial vehicles. Pentagon officials will not discuss the program, which is not classified, but deals with classified matters. Yet it appeared last month in a Senate committee report. We talked about that on the show. Newsweek published that outlining spending on the nation's intelligence agencies for the coming year. The report said the program, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, was, quote, to standardize. Really, if you read it, it's like a Freudian read between the lines because it looks like sanitize, (laughs) to standardize slash sanitize collection and reporting, end quote, on sightings of unexplained aerial vehicles and was to report at least some of its findings to public within 180 days after passage of the Intelligence Authorization Act. That's what the Senate committee report was doing. They were requesting and requiring that the Pentagon, the Department of Defense, that they release this information to the public within 180 days. Now, when we initially read that, there was something that bothered me about the wording of it. Because yet people like Marco Rubio and and others who were saying, we, we just don't know what these things are. We, we don't know if they're coming from another government, and we don't know if they're dangerous, really. We're just... We're not really sure. I thought that that was kind of disingenuous on the part of Marco Rubio because for decades, for generations, although maybe it's unofficially known, these things have been infiltrating sensitive military airspace. They've been infiltrating secretive, top secret, isolated military installations that maybe like a thousand people in the government know about. They've been shutting down military exercises, they've been deactivating nuclear missiles or activating nuclear missiles, and they've been spotted all over the world, from military to civilian, remote to populated areas. And they've been documented for literally thousands of years, from stories and religion to paintings and drawings to pictures and videos that we have today. And they're in archives in Britain, they're in archives in Russia, they're in archives in China, they're in archives in the United States and South America and Canada, all over the world, military and otherwise. So when Marco Rubio says, we're not really sure what these things are, they could be foreign governments with exotic technology. Well, maybe that flew during World War II when the Germans were experimenting with very exotic technology. And maybe they got it from aliens, maybe they didn't get it from aliens. I don't believe they got it from aliens. I think that the Germans were very industrious, and I think they were very much ahead of their time because they just removed all restraints and said, build, 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 build. 
Create, 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 create. We're going to build Germany to be a powerful economic superpower like it was before World War I. And we're removing all the restrictions of the Versailles Treaty. I think you had will and determination, the German people, to build something and to be a part of something and to exterminate the scourge that had corrupted and decayed the German culture and the German government all throughout the early 20th century. I think that's what led to the development of everything from magnetic tape for memory on computers to basically night vision goggles. You know, Hitler used drones on the battlefield, remote-controlled drones on the battlefield. Unbelievable advancements. So the Germans had all this stuff, and yeah, at that time, it would have, it would have maybe seemed like more of a threat, but the United States is the dominant superpower in the world. And although China can kind of build an aircraft carrier without it sinking... China does not want a hot war with the United States. I mean, if there was a hot war, millions, probably maybe even billions of people would lose their lives. From the U.S. to China to Europe, a lot of people would die. But the U.S. would probably be victorious in the end. Now, war isn't necessarily the, the subject of, of, of concern here. But my point is, China probably can't build something that is so advanced and so exotic that it would make the psychopaths who build exotic, crazy machinery in black ops in the United States think, wow, we've never thought of that before. I don't think the Chinese are there yet, okay? They're, they're worried about fentanyl, and they're worried about the NBA, and they're worried about penis enlargement pills, okay? China is not really concerned about building these kinds of exotic craft. Yeah, they've got like a stealth fighter, and they've got like a battleship, and they've got like an aircraft carrier, but China's more of like a psychological, technological, military threat. So, to say that these machines are possibly another country, I think we have to think about that, perhaps, but I don't think that's a viable argument anymore. I think the argument now should be We've been dealing with something, as I've explained, for centuries. We've understood the basics of natural law. We know that's, you know, that's not just some lights from a volcano. We know that these are objects. We know that they've landed or crashed or humans have been involved in abductions. We know that something else is going on here. So... People like Harry Reid, the former Senate Majority Leader, says that he hopes the program will seek evidence of vehicles from other worlds. Vehicles from other worlds. That's the wording that they used. In fact, that was the wording in some of the headlines that were used for this story. An astrophysicist, Eric W. Davis, who worked as a subcontractor and then a consultant for the Pentagon UFO program since 2007 said, in some cases, examination of the materials had so far failed to determine their source and led him to conclude, quote, we couldn't make it ourselves, end quote. Mr. Davis, who now works for Aerospace Corporation, a defense contractor, said he gave a classified briefing to a defense department agency as recently as March about retrievals from, quote, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. This is the New York Times reporting this. 
Eric Davis, an astrophysicist and a subcontractor who's works who's worked for lots of consultants who consulted for the Pentagon as well, uh, worked for the Aerospace Corporation, has said that he has given, in 2020, he's given briefings to the Defense Department about retrieving off-world vehicles not made on this Earth and has stated, after research and working as a subcontractor for the Pentagon, that, quote, we couldn't make it ourselves, end quote, referring to the materials that he examined. So, These aren't Chinese machines. They're not Russian machines. They're not Al-Qaeda machines. They're likely not machines made in America either. They're likely coming from somewhere else. They're likely coming from another dimension or another planet. That doesn't mean like there's little green men flying them. But there's something more going on here. No longer in shadows, Pentagon's UFO unit will make some findings public. This is really, really important. But it's been overshadowed, of course, by... As well as Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell have been overshadowed by the fear and the terror and the horror of gloves and goggles and masks and stay-at-home orders and don't get together in large groups and force vaccines and microchips and invisible dye and reading those microchips with a scanner and having to have marks to fly and to drive and to walk and to jog and to run and to travel and to sit and to eat and to drink and to poop and to have sex and all these other things. Meanwhile, you have international child trafficking networks being openly exposed But instead of focusing on that, we focus on pizza, Pizzagate, and we focus on white hats coming to save us. And you have even the New York Times, that racist New York Times, that comes out and they say, look, yeah, these programs are continuing under different names. And they've got an astrophysicist in here who says, look, I've given briefings to the Defense Department about off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Not just theoretical, but things we've actually retrieved that we couldn't make ourselves. Telling the Pentagon that, and it's in the New York Times. And see, even within the so-called disclosure and the release of this information, the attention is still drawn to Louis Elizondo. It's still drawn to, remember, the ATIP program, the $20 million the people that consulted for the Pentagon are playing with material that doesn't come from planet Earth. And they're going to the Pentagon, they're going to the Defense Department, and they're telling them, we've got material from off-world vehicles not made on Earth. That is the most significant admission since Politico and others published the story about the Navy calling the UFO interactions they've had incursions. In other words, they call them invasions and assaults. The military was invaded, was, was assaulted, was attacked, and was followed by craft from other worlds. We know they're craft from other worlds because under the same program that studied those objects that that were incursions, that studied those objects that were, that were assaulting the military, is the same program 
where one of the consultants said, yeah, we, we can't make this ourselves. We don't know where it came from. We just know it's off world. It's not from Earth. That is an incredible, profound disclosure of information that you tell the average person and they've got no clue. You tell the average person interested in ufology, they got no clue. It'll take a year or two for the average person who took up until now to recognize the ATIP program to recognize the significance of the statements of Eric Davis. And see, Eric Davis isn't a household name in the UFO community. But you know who's a, a, household, a household name? Blink-182. Tom DeLong is a household name. Tom DeLong is known everywhere. Tom DeLong and Louis Elizondo and those guys, yeah, it's cool. Maybe they're just legitimate, doing their thing. Yeah, it's cool, whatever, man. We just like some UFOs and Tom DeLong wears a hat and goes on TV and it's all cool, man. But what about this other guy? What about this guy who actually said, look, I worked with the material. It's not from Earth. We can't make it. And it's the same material from the, it's the same program that the military ran examining why these uh, craft were flying around and, and, and uh, were uh, initiating incursions and invasions against the military. I mean, this is all, this is all documented. See, this is how you run a convincing disclosure through disinformation and disingenuousness. You release information that is accurate and true, and then you mix it with things that you just can't really fully understand or comprehend because it's convoluted and it's meant to be convoluted because you're meant to look at what they tell you to look at while they'll simultaneously tell you, actually, we don't know where this came from, probably another world, and we can't build it ourselves. I mean, that is a stunning admission. That is a stunning disclosure. But yet, we'll wait, we'll wait, wait, more, more disclosure. We want more disclosure. We're waiting for disclosure. We're waiting for disclosure. What more disclosure do you need? Objects from other worlds. We don't know how to build them. We don't know how to rebuild the material. And they have attacked and assaulted and followed and infiltrated the military. What more do you need? There's your disclosure. You've had it time and time and time and time and time and time and time again. You want your disclosure and takedown of pedophile networks? How about Jeffrey Epstein, not Pizzagate? and Wayfair. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We're a little bit over break. My computer actually kind of shut down for a second, and I waited for it to restart. So that's why we're a few minutes late on break. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back to get into this on the next side of the hour on The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Don't go anywhere. More when we come back. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. 
Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener, and we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative, between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM thefringe.fm and www.thesecretteachings.info Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true re- reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Yeah, you're a proper pro. And I just want to thank you, Ryan, for having me on. I've heard a few of your shows and you go deep, brother. You go deeper than a 
deep sea diver in a shipwreck. So uh, been great to be a part of your show. You've got a tremendous amount of knowledge yourself. You've clearly put in the hours of research and I commend you for that. So I'm very happy to have been a part of your show today. Thanks again for the invitation. This is Mark Devlin, author of Musical Truth, Volumes 1 and 2, musicaltruthbook.com online. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Short segment here. Had some technical issues on my computer. It actually, I thought it restarted, but it actually turned off and then it installed, without my permission, the new software. So clearly, the cabal is active once more. And clearly, the cabal killed some you know, UFO researchers. Um and uh, they don't want you to know about, you know, the aliens. So they'll kill their UFO researchers, they'll shut down and reload my computer, and they'll tell you that Louis Elizondo and Tom DeLong, especially Tom DeLong, these are the guys you need to follow. I just have a hard time buying that. I have a hard time believing that. I have a hard time buying that Louis Elizondo and Tom DeLong are the guys that I need to follow. I have a hard time believing that Pizzagate and White Hats are what I need to follow and pay attention to and, and, and put my trust in. I'm going to ask questions. Like, I had a guy on Facebook yesterday tell me, he said something about COVID-19. And I responded about symptom complexes because he said, you don't believe in disease. And I said, what do you mean I don't believe in disease? I said, diseases are made up of symptom complexes And those symptom complexes are just a combination of various symptoms that are natural that the body exhibits when it's trying to get rid of poison or trying to fix some part of the body that's been damaged or poisoned. And we combine them into various diseases. I mean, if I get mercury and I expose myself to it, it could paralyze me and you could call that mercury poisoning or you could call that polio. So, yeah, of course, disease is real. Who said disease isn't real? And the guy says back to me, he says, you questioned... uh, and you've been a skeptic of uh, COVID-19. And I said, yeah, I've been a, I'm a skeptic of everything. I'm a skeptic of my skepticism. I'm skeptical and I have a right to question everything. Because isn't it kind of contradictory, hypocritical, and asinine? If I was just to believe everything authority told me, then what I would think right now, and over the last couple of years, is I would think, The government has never, ever, ever, no military has ever, ever, ever had any interaction with UFOs. UFOs are a myth. They don't exist. There's no such thing as Area 51. Nothing happened at Roswell. It was some tape on a weather balloon and some little pieces of wood and some test dummies. So I would believe that if I listened to authority. And then when authority tells me, actually... We got this guy named Louis Elizondo, and he led a U.S. government advanced aerospace threat identification program through the Pentagon and helped to facilitate the release 
of three videos showing unidentified aerial phenomena captured by Navy pilots in 2004 and 2015. And then Tom DeLong comes along and says, well, we want to help. And they get involved with the Bigelow's and the Skinwalker Ranch and things get really weird. And you got Harry Reid involved and Marco Rubio and you got the Senate involved and they want the Pentagon to reveal the information they have on UFOs. And it's like, what kind of authority am I supposed to listen to? Am I supposed to listen to the Senate? Am I supposed to listen to NASA? Am I supposed to listen to Louis Elizondo? Am I supposed to listen to hysterics on Facebook and UFO events? What am I supposed to listen to here? What's the authority? See, if I listen to authority, anything can be authority. So I'd be very confused, and it's no wonder people are very confused about this and other subjects, because if I just listen to authority, who defines authority? What's authority? A bunch of doctors tell you, Vitamin D, vitamin C, and rest and sunlight will help you. And other doctors say, that's quackery. What are you talking about? So if I listen to doctors, it's like, well, you're a doctor and you said that, and you're a doctor and you said that, so what am I supposed to listen to? They're contradicting each other. Same thing in ufology. So, yeah, I imagine, like Louis Elizondo says, Newsweek on July 10th, the Pentagon has a lot of, a lot of these uh, classified videos And uh, the New York Times comes out and they say, well, actually, not only did they have these videos that were released, but they quote a guy, Eric Davis, an astrophysicist who worked as a subcontractor and then a consultant for the Pentagon UFO program since 2007, said in some cases they had examined material where they were unable to determine what it was and therefore concluded, quote, we couldn't make it ourselves. Now, that doesn't mean it comes from an alien planet, but he says we couldn't make it ourselves. And then it goes on to say that Davis, who worked for the Aerospace Corporation, or I guess still does, a defense contractor, said he gave classified briefings to a Defense Department agency as recently as March of this year, about retrievals from off-world vehicles that were not made on Earth. That is fantastic, tremendous, unreal, unbelievable science fiction level acknowledgement. A lot of articles were actually titled with that quote from Mr. Davis about Off-world vehicles not made on Earth. The New York Times didn't put that as their headline. Their headline was no longer in shadows. Pentagon's UFO unit will make some findings public. And I mean, even in the article itself, they say that the Pentagon program that supposedly disbanded in like 2012, they just changed the name and they tucked it away safe and sound inside the Office of Naval Intelligence and continued the investigation. Look, government is so compartmentalized. You think about the Manhattan Project. You think about other black operations. Think about what DARPA does. You think about what universities do. Nobody is working coherently and consistently together and has all the details. That doesn't even happen in a small business. It surely doesn't happen in any government branch, and it surely doesn't happen in the collectivized government overall. So, of course, there's going to be confusion. There's going to be people that want to cover things up or... 
the government itself as an entity and the military have perpetuated the story and the subject of UFOs probably more than the UFO community has. Because you're building exotic aircraft, you're going to, to, to the fringe of science, and you're building things and test-flying things. What better cover than to use the cover of unidentified flying objects? And then simultaneously say, but we also have programs to study those objects. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Don't pay attention to us developing the next atomic bomb, to us developing the next exotic craft that you'll learn about on the History Channel if they still have history on the History Channel in 2050. You know, by 2050, the History Channel just might be why China is a great place and why Mao was a great leader, and they'll have big pictures of Mao Zedong and Joe Biden everywhere in the streets. And Joe Biden will be dead by then, but he was a great leader anyway, and we'll have some other Marxist authoritarian as as the president of the world. That might be what happens in 2050. If not, the History Channel will still be showing videos in 2050 about how, you know, Hitler was evil and everything everything on the History Channel. Hitler's army, Hitler's maids, Hitler's socks, Hitler's underwear. Hitler took a dump once and it looked like a swastika. Hitler is an evil man. But, but Joseph Stalin, now there's a, there's a powerful figure right there. And I don't, I don't understand that because I imagine a lot of like veterans watch the History Channel. And how can you sit there and stand? I mean, maybe the Hitler thing, sure. But how can you sit there and stand to watch the praise that they give to Stalin and Mao? I'm digressing a little bit. The point is, the New York Times has acknowledged this week that the Pentagon changed the name of their ATIP program. It continues today. They have financing today. And that there are former defense contractors and subcontractors that worked with the Pentagon who have examined material that could not be made by human beings and that came from retrieved off-world, that's a quote, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Now, I don't know if this is a joke, if this is printed and published in a way that is mocking, or what the hell it is, but if it's none of those things, they've buried it in the New York Times, and it's a really, really powerful and profound revelation, and it proves that, yeah, there are craft and there are machines that are coming from other worlds to planet Earth. Who controls them? What controls them? Where they come from? I don't know, and I don't know if we'll ever know. But they're here. What that means is something that you need to decide for yourself. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. A woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus. Come on, there are plenty of amazing women politicians. Name one. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton? Awful. How is she awful? Hates freedom. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. 
And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Paranormal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory, and I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it. Guys, it was uh, pretty good. Bit. Guys, no, no, no. Can, can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, okay? Distorting facts, that, it, like, basically changes history. You know, it's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope. Alex Exum. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Understand the procedure now? Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch. It's Giorgio Tsoukalos from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
This is John D'Souza, author of The Extra Dimensionals, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM, Monday through Friday, five nights a week, same time each night. An old broadcast airs after the new broadcast on the Fringe the Fringe website, thefringe.fm, a new website. Check it out today, thefringe.fm for the network, our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Our archive is on the website, as are all of my books. I talk about UFOs and artificial intelligence and black goo and demonic possession in my book, The Technological Elixir. I even added a section last year into the book for the update all about UFO cons and UFO religions and everything from George Van Tassel to the Skinwalker Ranch to the ATIP program. It's all in the book. The one thing I learned when I was researching some of that to put it coherently together is, and I just kind of realized it, the so-called UFO community is one giant ideological cult, just like any other community. And cults aren't necessarily a bad thing, but the problem with a cult, whether it's Republican or Democrat or it's science or it's whatever, religion. A cult mentality prevents one from peering beyond the cult. So you have people that will believe everything they hear and people that believe nothing they hear except what they want to believe. And that's really what both people do in these cases. They believe what they want to believe and that becomes their reality. I'm not so much interested in people's opinions of their reality or their perceptions of reality. I'm interested in just analyzing what I see before me and not necessarily making a determination, preconceived or otherwise, on what I'm going to find and what I believe. When people ask me, do you believe in aliens? I say, what aliens? Do you believe in UFOs? What UFOs? You give me an actual case, and then I'll explain to you what I think about it. Do you believe that an alien spaceship crashed at Roswell? Well, I believe and I don't believe. There are lots of reasons I believe that it was something that was exotic, but a lot of reasons I believe it wasn't something exotic. I'd say it was probably some form of Axis technology that the Allies were experimenting with and flying out in the desert. Before, I'd say it was an alien spaceship, but an alien spaceship helps to cover up the fact that the Allies were experimenting with Axis technology now, doesn't it? Helps to cover up whatever crashed in Kecksburg, doesn't it? that was seen from Canada down into Pennsylvania. It helps to cover up all those uncomfortable 
eyewitness accounts of strange, unidentified flying objects in populated and rural areas alike throughout history. Because that's kind of, ooh, that's a little bit scary to think about. There are so many reasons people do and don't believe in UFOs and aliens and all these other subjects that are kind of grouped together in one. And then when you group it together, you have people that are in the group and they're like, oh, this is real. And people outside the group are like, oh, you're all crazy. None of that's real. And then you get radio shows where you can actually get an analysis of what's happening and you can get a breakdown of what's happening. And the radio host like myself, I don't have an obligation to lie to you. I don't have an obligation to tell you what you want to hear. I have an obligation to objectively observe information and I have a obligation to tell you to the best of my knowledge what is reasonable, factual, and what is reasonably and factually true. And what I know from what I've studied and read and what I bring to you on the show five nights a week is that despite denial or acceptance on the subject of UFOs and what part NASA plays in covering things up, as people say. We've seen photographs from NASA where NASA has taken images of enormous, monstrous, unidentified flying objects near the sun. Images were taken in 2011, and images were taken just a couple of days ago in 2020, July 2020. And those objects are not circular. They're not disc-like. They're not Kenneth Arnold's discs skipping on water. What they are are massive square objects that are kind of like the cubed Borg ships from Star Trek. People might laugh at that and think that's preposterous. But I ask you, have you actually seen the images for yourself? Have you seen that they don't come from Before It's News or UFO Enthusiast 27 on YouTube? Have you seen that they actually come from NASA? They actually come from Soho? They actually come from a government source? They actually come in the form of satellite images of the sun? Now, let me get something straight. When I when I kind of make fun of YouTube and I say, oh, UFO Enthusiast 27, I'm not mocking you if you have a YouTube channel. However, what I'm sick and tired of are people that want to exploit a subject. And so they get on YouTube and they start just saying everything from, look, you see this, you see this object on Mars in the pictures? It looks like a triangle. That means the Illuminati owns Mars. That's what I'm sick and tired of hearing about, okay? I'm sick and tired of that. So if you do that, then yeah, I'm making fun of you. But if you do what I'm doing here on The Secret Teachings and you just kind of go through things and observe them, I give you major props. I'm not, I'm not making fun of you then. So we look at these pictures that were just released, and they were, they were released with, through a tabloid. But just because they were released from a tabloid, just like YouTube, doesn't mean that they're not real. And what tells me that it's it's real in, in some sense is that there's no publicity about this. You know, the New York Times, USA Today, Washington Post, none of these elitist, bigoted newspapers pick up a story like this from the Mirror.uk, July 26th, Alien Cube Ship. They give it a name. It's mockery. 
10 times bigger than Earth captured by NASA. Now, obviously, the ship wasn't captured by NASA. (laughs) NASA doesn't have a cube lassoed out in space, but they took pictures of it through the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory satellite. Now, if you just look at that, it's like, oh, that's the mirror. That's, That's a hot sheet. You mean like Elvis isn't dead? You mean like a woman married a gorilla man and had had an alien baby, you know, like they met Bigfoot or something. Well, sure, it might be all that, but it doesn't mean that the photographs they published from NASA's SOHO Observatory aren't real photographs. And the fact that the mainstream media anywhere in the world hasn't picked this up and tried to discredit it and make fun of it kind of implies to me there's something to this. What it is, what that something is, I don't know. But there's something to it. So you look at this image, and you can go to our website, and you can pull this article up. It might be easier since our show uh, news archive is just, it's just a lot of links. It's really big. But if you just type it in, type in Mirror, M-I-R-R-O-R, Alien Cube Ship, and it'll pull up a recent story. And you can look at the pictures from Soho. And the pictures from Soho show the sun and a large black object that looks like it's it's opened a, a square hole in the sun. Now you look at that and you might think, okay, that is an anomaly. That is something that NASA could easily explain because they've got to witness this type of anomaly often. And so we go to NASA for an explanation. And NASA tells us, according to a former NASA engineer, James Oberg, that most of these UFO sightings are nothing mere, uh, more than mere space dandruff floating in front of cameras. Well, he's not talking about this particular case. He says most of these UFO sightings. Okay, well, we're not talking about most of them, James. We're talking about the one with the cube ten times the size of the Earth. That's the one we're talking about. So James says it's basically pieces of chipped paint and space dandruff and flakes of ice or spaceship insulation that's broken off. That's what they said the Black Knight satellite was too. Other explanations I've heard, not about this particular case in 2020 from Soho, I've also heard that these squares are really just the pixels in the camera going out for a split second. Well, If that's the case, I've had my cell phone for five years now, and it's, I mean, I take care of it, but it's beat up because it's old, and I really don't want to pay for a new one, even I can't really afford it. It's like four, people tell me, it's like $400, just get a new cell phone. $400 for a new cell phone? I can eat for like six months on $400. I'm not going to buy a cell phone for $400. So my cell phone camera, buy that excuse, takes better pictures than Soho. So what is all this money that NASA is getting to build these machines if, and these satellites if they can't, if the pixels are going out and in and out and in? It's just a lame excuse. Besides, a pixel isn't the size in proportion to the sun in the imagery of, of, of roughly 10 times the size of the planet. So the, the, it's not a pixel, okay? And it moves too. Because if you go back and you look at the images from 2011, the object is moving in the frame with the timestamp at the bottom. The the thing moves like it's orbiting the sun, close to the sun, probably feeding off of the sun. So this is pertinent to point this out to you. Recently, 
in the last couple of months and in the last couple of years, NASA has photographed large cube objects in different wavelengths that move around the sun. Objects that are two to ten times larger than planet Earth. Massive, cube, square, unidentified objects in space. That's, that's pretty big. In June of 2020, last month, Popular Mechanics had a story published by a pair of astrophysicists, and they calculated that there could be 35 other alien civilizations in our galaxy. They talk about how, based on the calculations they've made, the, the Drake equation and others, these researchers at the University of Nottingham in the UK said there could be as many as 35, and they also ex- expand on that, uh, to, to 36 extraterrestrial civilizations in our galaxy. According to the scientists' calculations for the strong scenario, there would be anywhere between four and 211 complex civilizations that have the ability to send signals out into the universe, with 36 being most likely. The closest of these complex civilizations ought to be around 17,000 light years away from Earth, orbiting a low-mass M-type dwarf star. And these extraterrestrials, you would imagine, I've got a copy here of the actual study from the American Astronomical Society, the astrobiological Copernican weak and strong limits for intelligent life. You'd imagine that some of these civilizations are going to be older, and some of these civilizations are going to potentially be younger uh, than the ones that are older. We, we probably are one of the one of the youngest. But you'd imagine that these objects that we're seeing out in space like this—it's not space junk. It's not hair on a camera or a pixel going up. You'd imagine that these objects have traveled a very, very far distance. And perhaps the sun itself is like a a portal. Perhaps there are wormholes, as physicists theorize. You know, see, when I was growing up, I think, you know, into the the 2000s, it, it started to be more well accepted that, yeah, aliens don't have to travel this far in like a ship with sleeping chambers they could send probes through and that's actually the mainline scientific theory now send probes through like a bracewell probe send it through a portal send it through some kind of black hole so that it just pops out at the intended destination you hear stories about the moon and how it's hollow and anytime i mention that to somebody they're like what do you mean the moon's hollow i'm like what do i mean the moon's hollow what do you mean nasa the moon's hollow i always say to them what do you mean nasa And they say, what does NASA have to do with it? And I say, well, NASA's the one that said it. I didn't say it. I'm just quoting NASA. The moon is hollow. That's what NASA said. And any physicist will tell you that a hollow body, unless it's been artificially hollowed out, right? A hollow body is not a natural body. It's an object like this in space because it defies the laws of physics so far as we understand them anyway. So if that's the case... It's a good chance it was artificially hollowed out. But even so, I mean, you think about Oumuamua or Borisov, and you look at the ways in which these objects are acting. Maybe they're just things that we've never seen before. It doesn't mean that they're alien spacecraft, right? Maybe they're probes. That's what a lot of physicists have and scientists overall. Uh, Avi Loeb at 
well, I feel like he's, he's at Harvard. He's been on ground zero a number of times. I think he was of the belief that Omoamoa was an alien probe. And we just, we just laugh at things like that. Oh, that's so funny. Ha ha ha, that's so funny. Where do you get off laughing? You, 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 know, you know stunningly less than we do. So why are you laughing? Are you laughing because it's, un- you know when you're in a situation where it's kind of uncomfortable and people laugh because it's uncomfortable? When people laugh at you for making these kinds of, of conversations, that's why they're laughing, because they don't know anything and because they're scared. They're really, really scared. You think people are atheists because they're not afraid? No, they're atheists because they're terrified of the unknown. For the same reason, but it's a different reaction as people who believe in some higher authority are terrified, but they find comfort in there being a higher authority that'll take care of them after they die. And the atheists are terrified of what happens after they die, so they try to pretend like it doesn't bother them, and they say, you're weak for believing in God. And Christians should say, well, you're weak for not believing in God. I think you're terrified of something more powerful than you. So you ignore it. I think that's why a lot of people ignore the subject of aliens and UFOs because it conflicts with preconceived beliefs and it conflicts, some of them, they believe it conflicts with their religion. And, you know, I think a lot of people are just scared because what does it mean if there is an object that is 10 times the size of the earth orbiting the sun and it ain't there by accident, what does that mean? This object could literally bump into earth and obliterate it. I mean, this is beyond science fiction, and it's not science fiction, it's science fact, and it's being photographed by NASA. And sure, I get it. Never a straight answer, right? Jim Mars coined that in Alien Agenda, and then a lot of people stole it, and then a lot of people said the cabal killed Jim Mars. Never a straight answer. But NASA is not giving us this information in the nightly news. NASA is not saying, hey, look, we found giant cubes near the sun. NASA is saying nothing on the matter. But they're quietly keeping this information in the archives. Just like all the giant rod objects that have been photographed near the sun and near Mars recently and near Saturn and all throughout the solar system. Giant, what one former NASA worker said, his name was Bergram, I believe, the ringmakers of Saturn, what he said was an electromagnetic vehicle that was making the rings of Saturn. And now we've seen reports recently that the rings of Saturn are actually disappearing, so maybe the ringmakers went away. I mean, you start thinking about this stuff, and this is where flat Earth comes in. Oh, none of the other planets are real. None of the, That's like atheism, or it's like believing in God. It's just like you're afraid of something bigger than you, so you either worship it and bow down to it like little tiny, tiny fish get under a shark, or you deny that it even exists when you're being eaten by the shark. And so in that way, science itself really is atheistic, but in using science, we understand what God is. So science is the mind of God, or a way to read and understand the mind of God, but it's also something contrary to that. It's also not the mind of God. It's also material. It's also the mind, if you will, of, of, of the devil, of the temporal material world. It's all of these things combined into one. It's what you do with the information that determines whether it's good or evil. It's your intention and the will behind what is 
moral and what is right or wrong. And you got to read in between those lines, because if you don't, you're not going to understand what's going on. NASA is literally taking photographs of giant objects that are 10 times the size of the Earth orbiting the sun, and they've been doing it for decades, and there is not a peep from any of the big UFO researchers. There's not a peep from Stephen Greer, although I'm sure he'd say the cubes are peaceful people, and there ain't a peep from anybody else in the UFO community with the exception of a few guys or a few gals here or there that say, what about these objects? They They aren't talked about. They sure as hell aren't pixels, and they sure as hell aren't little hairs on the camera. Uh, Is there hair floating around in space anyway? Is there little pieces of human hair floating around getting on the lens of the Hubble telescope and and, and, and of SOHO and of the Helio Observatory? Is that really what's happening? There's little hair floating. Astronauts lose their hair. Are they sending up guys that are going bald? Oh, it's a pixel. Really? It's a pixel. I've had my phone for five years. A pixel hasn't gone out. You're telling me Soho is losing pixels every time they take a picture? A pixel that is the size of about, you know, I don't even know how big this thing is. I mean, compared to the the image itself. But it's it's a pretty substantial size of the sun for what it is. That's not a pixel. <laughs> and it definitely ain't a pixel when it's in different wavelength and it's got its own heat. All right? There's something in that thing. Didn't say it was aliens, but there's something in there, and I don't think it's natural. I think it's artificial, not in the sense of life, but it's it's not meant to be there. And then, while that's been reported on the 26th of, uh, of was this July or June? Let me go back to this article. The 26th of July, so just a few days ago, about the object near the sun. While that's being reported, the New York Times comes out again and publishes their probably their most astounding and profound and incredible story since 2017 pertaining to UFOs, where they go in and they say, despite Pentagon's statements that it disbanded a once covert program, a tip to investigate unidentified flying objects, the effort remains underway. Yeah, just like we told you on the show, it's common sense. Of course, it's underway. They just changed the name. And the New York Times says from July 23rd, renamed and tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence where officials continue to study mystifying account uh, encounters between military pilots and unidentified aerial vehicles. That's what the New York Times is reporting. Then you read through this article and they talk about what we discussed a couple of weeks ago from Newsweek where the Senate committee report published last month in July is, has outlined spending on the nation's intelligence agencies for the coming year, and that that report requires that the Department of Defense reveals their findings to the public within 180 days after passage of the Intelligence Authorization Act. So the Senate is requesting you have to release this information. So they're doing it slowly now. A little bit here, a little bit there. A little bit over there, a little bit over here. A little bit over there, a little bit up here, a little bit down there, and they're just kind of just, it's a little bit here and a little bit there. And this has been coming for some time. So they throw Louis Elizondo out there. Maybe he's a good guy. They throw him to the wolves. They use him. Maybe he's a bad guy. They throw him out there. He plays his part. Maybe he's a good guy, but he's being used. And they throw him out there, and he's playing his part, but he doesn't know what he's doing. You got Tom DeLong, and you got the Skinwalker Ranch, the Bigelow people involved. You got a bunch of people involved in this that just 
they either themselves or they have track records where it, or they're, they're the people they work for have track records where it's like, I don't really trust these people. And besides, they have told you as an entity, as a structure, as an institute, a government for decades that none of this stuff is real. And then suddenly they say it's real and you're like, I believe it now. They don't have the problem. You have the problem if you suddenly believe this and you never believed it before. You also have a problem if you never trusted the government and now suddenly you trust them because they're telling you what you want to hear. That's also a problem. That's called bias. That's called confirming your bias. And that's called hypocrisy. And it's really embarrassing and it's really, really pathetic and it's really sad. And that's why I've asked for a divorce from the UFO community because I just don't love you anymore. We need to go our own separate ways. You can go follow chickens. I'm going to follow where the information goes. And that doesn't mean I believe the New York Times. But what I notice in reading this New York Times article, I'm sitting here reading this. Listen, I was turning, I turned on a movie the other night and I'm sitting down, I'm reading this article. And all week I've been wanting to do a UFO show. And I Wednesday, I just, I had to take the night off. Last night, I had to relieve my tension from Wednesday and Thursday. So I just unloaded on the show last night. And then tonight, I wanted to do this UFO show before the end of the week. Because I think we'll have Mike D on Monday's show next week. I'm trying to get Mike on the show. And so, and so I'm sitting there reading this story. And I'm reading through it, and it's, you know, no longer in shadows. Pentagon's UFO unit will make some findings public. And I'm thinking, oh, it's just another UFO report. It's from the New York Times. They're just following up from 2017 and some other stories. And I'm reading through this, and they're like, yeah, remember ATIP, $22 million. They've got it under a new name now. It says Mr. Elizondo is among a small group of former government officials and scientists with security clearances who, without presenting physical proof, say they are convinced that objects of undetermined origin have crashed on Earth with materials retrieved for study. And it just keeps going through it. And then I get to the last page of the article. It's a three-page article. And I'm reading it. And you know how you just kind of read something and it, you just kind of get lost in it and you realize, like, I just wasted a minute reading that page. I'm going to have to go back and read that thing again, or that paragraph. So... I'm reading it, and I get to this point, and it says, Eric W. Davis, an astrophysicist. I'll stop right there and ask you, do you know who Eric Davis is? Unless you've read this article, you heard me mention the guy's name earlier. You don't know who this is. I didn't know who this was until I read the article. And even when I read it, I didn't get it the first time. I had to go back and read it again. Eric Davis is an astrophysicist. He works for Aerospace Corporation, a defense contractor, and he was a subcontractor for the Pentagon's UFO program. For at least half a decade, he probably is still working there now. 2007, and then it supposedly disbanded in 2012. So he worked there at least that amount of time, but they changed the name. They made a new program. They put it under a different branch of of the military. So Eric Davis openly says, we've examined materials. So he's he's playing off of what Louis uh, Louis Elizondo said. Louis Elizondo is like, well, I don't have any proof, but I'm convinced objects of an undetermined origin have crashed on Earth with, the, with materials retrieved for study. And then the New York Times goes on to quote Eric Davis, who's like, yeah, we looked at some of this material and we failed to determine the source, which doesn't mean it's alien. But we've concluded, quote, we couldn't make it ourselves. And I read that and I thought, mm, let me pause this movie and read that again. Eric Davis, an astrophysicist who worked as a subcontractor and then a consultant for the Pentagon's UFO program since 2007, said that in some cases... Examination of the materials had so far failed to determine their source and led him to conclude, quote, we don't, or we couldn't rather, make it ourselves. We couldn't make it ourselves. So that's a pretty interesting statement, isn't it? But 
I kept reading. Turn the movie back on. I, I keep reading. Mr. Davis, who now works for Aerospace Corporation, turn the movie back off, a defense contractor, said he gave a classified briefing to a defense department agency in March of 2020. This was just a few months ago. This wasn't back in 2004. March of 2020, about retrievals from, quote, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. So I can tell you this. I don't know what happened at Roswell, and I don't know what happened at Kecksburg, and I don't know what happened in the Rendlesham Forest. But I can tell you that regardless of what happened at Roswell or Kecksburg or Rendlesham or whatever happened to Betty and Barney Hill, Bob Lazar or any of these other people, maybe it was a weather balloon, maybe it was some kind of uh, other exotic craft that the Axis powers designed or some other skunk works black operation area 51 program. Maybe it was reverse engineered. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know, but it's been acknowledged by the aerospace industry and by contractors working with the Pentagon that they have retrieved materials from craft made of material that they cannot identify and that they cannot recreate and that these objects were retrieved from off-world vehicles that they know one thing for certain, not where they came from, how they were made or how to remake that material. All they know is that those objects and the material from those objects, it ain't from Earth. I can put it that simple. It ain't from Earth. It's from somewhere off of this terrestrial plane of existence. And the crazy thing is, they're not talking about Louis Elizondo. I keep changing that name. Louis Elizondo. They're not talking about Tom DeLong. The New York Times isn't talking about any of this. What they're talking about is some guy who's a subcontractor who's like, look, we didn't make this. So an off-world vehicle. We know one thing about it. It did not come from Earth. That is astounding disclosure. You want disclosure? There it is. You don't need the president. You don't need Mark Rubio. You don't need Harry Reid. You don't need the big lows. You don't need the Skinwalker Ranch. You don't need some kind of a UFO cult. You don't need Jordan Sather, David Wilcock. They just told you in the New York Times, aliens, maybe they're real, maybe they're not, but craft that are built somewhere else by something, by someone, have come to this planet. We've recovered them. Maybe they're recovered from a million years ago. They crashed or landed or got stranded here. We recovered something. We can't recreate the material, and we do know one thing about them. They came from another world. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and that, my friends, is disclosure, and that, my friends, is how you do a UFO show. The Fringe.fm is the network website. I hope that you all have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Shoot me an email over the weekend, rdgable at yahoo.com, r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on Monday's show.
Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.